Hi and welcome to a very special series of Arrow Bandwidth. A whole series. A whole series. Dedicated to security. You better believe it. As always, you've got myself, David Fern. And myself, Richard Holmes. And our producer, as always, for this series is going to be... Hannah Jenny. Hannah Jenny. Ah. And guys, so basically the idea behind this is we went to Infosec this year. In fact, we are still here right now. Yeah, these aren't special effects in the background. No, we don't have that much money. Um, so, essentially what we've tried to do is go around, find the most interesting, innovative and, int- and sort of exciting vendors that we have on our portfolio and basically bring them on and interview them. But do quite long interviews, sort of 15 to, to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. and essentially give you a real idea of where the top vendors think the current trends are, technology directions, and generally sort of what some of the top things that they're focusing on and concerned about in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, so if you want a Security 101 for 2017, look no further and than this series. I'd like to add a Security 202. Oh yeah, go on then. Why not? Why not? So look, guys, sit back, enjoy. This is going to be the next couple of months of your bandwidth listening. So yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Get ready for the bombshells. Yeah. Okay, hi, and welcome back to uh, another Arrow Bandwidth from Infosec. We're still here. We are still here. And yes. uh, still still kicking and breathing just about. It's like a second home now, isn't it? It has become, yeah. We've moved in. We've got our little rickety chairs and our little coffee table, sprayed coffee table. If you want to know what we're talking about, look at some of the pictures we put on social over the two days. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but we're, we're, we're very lucky today to have a second uh, visitor from, from Talos. So without further ado... Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, David. Hey, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Um, I'm no Brian problem. Phelps. Uh, I run the professional services team for Talos eSecurity here in EMEA. And um, thanks, you know, thanks for ERA for sponsoring us and sponsoring this event. Not a problem at all. You're more than welcome. So, so we had uh, Patrick on yesterday. Peter. Sorry, Peter. Apologies. We had Peter on yesterday, um, and sort of he gave us the the thousand foot view uh, of Talos. Because obviously our listeners probably think of of Talos and they think of it as you know, the defense contractor, and then and the first thing they think is, how on earth is that appropriate to me? Yeah. But obviously, we, you know, Peter went to some, some length to sort of refine, refine, refine down what Talos is in the context of InfoSec and the context of our, our channel and, and, and our relationship as, as Arrow and Talos. Um, but I wouldn't mind, because obviously, you know, that podcast went out a couple of weeks ago, if you could just literally give us another brief overview of what is Talos specifically, what is, you know, the piece that's appropriate to us? Sure thing. Sure thing. Uh, Talos is a you know, large multinational, about 70,000 employees worldwide. Uh, and what's, yes, they are a defense contractor. Um, uh, what's common about the business, if you boil it down, is uh, the uh, Talos Group is a defense electronics company. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the business lines that has been in for a very long time is around um, hardened crypto devices, has a long history of providing um, cryptographic uh, voice systems for militaries. Today, uh, still does all the crypto voice for NATO communications. And an interesting tidbit, for about 40 years, Talos provided the crypto equipment that was connected between the White House and the Kremlin. 
So you know, <laughs> wow, there, wow. Like, literally there was or there in, and remains no higher crypto use case than defending that line. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I think you'll struggle to beat that one, yeah. definitely. So, so from that, uh, you, you know, obviously tremendous many years of experience in military crypto uh, spun out of that was a, a, a smaller um, team, Talisy Security business line. That over the years has fo- has focused on civilian um, uh, enterprise crypto. Uh, we are today world leader in protecting payment transactions. So there's about an 80% chance every time you take your debit card out of your wallet and put it into an ATM machine anywhere in the world, there's about an 80% chance that that transaction terminates. So the back end of that transaction terminates in one of our payments HSMs. We have wow. about 80% market share for, for any given transaction. Wow. So, so all of you have used, you know, and most, you know, all of, all of the listeners of this podcast have actually used Talos um, cryptography and, not, and never known it. Yes. And I, su- and I suppose the interesting thing is, from from such a basis like that, and the foundation and knowledge that you guys have built out, uh, and what you've seen over the years in, in, in military and defence, and then I suppose in this element of secure finance, yeah, it's a much easier step towards right the Talos security message being an evolution of. Of, of what you've learned and the products you've developed in that a- sector, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the fundamental design fundamental design problem with security is you've got to get the security designed in up front. Yeah. Taking a product and bolting good security into it later is just a recipe for for disaster. So it is yeah. it is it has been much easier for us to evolve to enterprise enterprise systems, and now with the acquisition of Rometric, um, enterprise software systems. When we've come from a a, a legacy of of you know, military class yeah. encryption hardware. We mentioned, uh, or we touched on very briefly on um, on, on the previous Dallas podcast, uh, the Volmetric acquisition. Could you could you give us a view and a thousand foot view? Yeah, of, sure. Of, of uh, so uh, finalized last year, we've merged the two businesses together this year. Uh, but a, a four hundred million dollar West Coast um, acquisition uh, to acquire uh, one of the you know the, the, the leading platform for enterprise. And enterprise data encryption. We, uh, we are aiming to provide a single sheet of glass control panel that will let organizations manage uh, crypto across a, a wide variety of systems. So enterprise internal systems, file systems, databases, um, but most importantly now, out to the cloud uh, with a, a multi-cloud strategy. You know, we, we believe that most, most enterprises will not adopt a single cloud system. They will adopt a multi-cloud strategy. Yep, yep. And we want to be the, the, the world leader in providing a single, a single control panel for, for encryption across all your systems in your enterprise, both internally, both internally and private cloud, public cloud. Exactly. I'll just say wow to that, yeah. Um, Right, I want to indulge in a little bit of like, I appreciate that this is is a slightly tangent, but I want to indulge in a little bit of of how cool these things are. Because you you know a little bit more about the Talos story than I do. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, Brian, can you just elaborate on, on some of the physical security? So obviously these HSMs come as either boxes or VMs. So you have a software defined version and a physical version. But just indulge my uh, my geeky nature and, and a lot of the geeky nature of the people that listen to this podcast around some of the physical um, deterrents that are built into these boxes to stop people essentially taking them apart and understanding, you know, how your entropy is generated and how, you know, 
I just love this. Wow. Entropy generated. Fantastic. In fact, you, you, don't, you don't usually get questions around our, our, our entropy pool strategy. Well, that uh, just proves it's been listening absolutely, to you. Absolutely. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, so, look, the, these devices came uh, out of a legacy of, of, of the ATM market is actually where these devices, you know, the, the legacy comes from. And if you think about it, all the times you read in the press or see pictures in the press of some guy backs a, 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 backs a lorry up or a truck up, puts a chain around an ATM, <laughs> pulls it out of a wall, yes. and drags it down the street. Yep. What, you, what you never hear about is the guy taking taking the, the, the motherboard home and figuring out how it communicates back upstream to the bank. You know, a, that's what a clever attacker would do. Most of these guys aren't actually that clever, but that's what you would think somebody yeah, clever yeah, yeah, would yeah. try. And so these, you know, these these devices came from a legacy of they, they have to be, you know, they have to protect against physical attacks. Okay, yeah. Um, and so yeah, they they have. You know, there's a number of strategies depending on which device we're talking about, um, but they, generally speaking, they have a. a, 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 a a potted defense of epoxy and mesh around them. If you drill into them, they'll, they they um, zero out. Uh, some of the devices have mercury switches in them, so that if, if literally you you, rack, you shake the, the the rack they're in, the mercury the mercury switches will will, will wobble, and that'll zero out the device. There are other things completely. Yeah, yes. so I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So so they are designed to stop physical attacks as well as a whole. T- you know, so I've heard of, of I've heard of attacks. glass screws and. Yep, ab- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. See, I told you. I I love it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I've never, I, you know, I've never come across that. Well, before. you never, you never think about it until no. you think exactly what you just yeah. said. An intelligent attacker would try and reverse engineer the, the chip to understand how it's creating those encryption keys and then go and actually steal, instead of stealing maybe a couple of, like 10,000 pounds, steal 10 million pounds. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but the reality is, this is why they can't because fundamentally if you try to essentially delaminate the, the chip to, to see how the silicon mm-hmm. was made up it just it, it pulls it, it apart it's 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 well, it's, it's, yeah it destroys the key material yeah. and, that, and that's really the point it's, it's just, the, the, the devices are all about defending the key material if you lose control of the key you lose you know you, you're, you're done, yeah, yeah. You're done. I, you're and I suppose you know it, it, it's a pretty extreme example is, is the ATM example however What's there is still the same risk in the enterprise of some nefarious absolutely, actor absolutely. looking to, so one of to the, try and unpick things. One yeah? of the other use cases of our devices is increasingly around um, IoT production. So you have so you have these devices being create you know being built usually in fabs in China, yes. um, and you've got manufacturers. There's a, there's a, a Polycom case study on our on our website. Uh, Polycom uh, one day started noticing they were getting RMAs for serial numbers of devices they didn't know they had produced. And so <laughs> you know, they had a factory had gone rogue and it started <laughs> producing ad- additional Polycom Crazy. devices. Crackers. And uh, oh they c- they came to us and wanted us to help them build a system to control manufacturing in what was obviously a hostile factory. Yep. And they had lost control of this. And so the, these devices are put into the production line of those of, of the Polycom phone production. It, it, it does a, a secure handshake between the, the Polycom motherboard as it's coming down the line and the HSM. The HSM then securely injects a cert, which was previously created out in their headquarters in San Jose. It's you know, one cert per phone. They create the certs in their headquarters. If the, if the factory manager tries to create one additional phone, he doesn't have a cert, he creates a doorstop. 
Perfect. I like that. It's clever, isn't it? That's pretty cool. And so that, you know, again, on a going forward basis, mm -hmm. we see IoT and, and the production and the defense of IoT systems as a really rich area. Could not um, agree more. Because yeah. let's be honest, right? So, so you know, we have a huge IoT hobby, business. Yeah. We have a huge IoT business in Arrow. You know, I think we elaborated on it last time we met. Um, you know, our global components business is circa 11, 12 billion dollars a year. And a, and a and significant a more, yeah. pivot of that is becoming all around IoT. And I think the single biggest issue in IoT today is, as you've rightly just identified, is, is security. There is Absolutely. almost no security built in, and the security that is built okay. in is a bit lackluster. You know, so, it's starting to be fixed with some of the, the communications protocols, but the device yeah. itself is is almost completely left to its own devices. Yeah, go, go, then, go the thing is, oh, sorry. The, the thing is, it's yeah. And I think anybody who knows David and I know that yeah, we're we're kind of yeah, quite evangelical about IoT. Um, but but the thing for me is, it, it's it's not just it's not just the data and the the network security of the device in the IoT environment. As when we're looking at yeah, mass manufacture of like you've given with the Polycom example, there's the protection of your IP. Yeah. So a store going, uh, yeah, a, a shop going going rogue and producing devices that are effectively going to get onto the edge of your network. Oh God! It's yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm sat in quite a few presentations around IoT from a myriad of vendors and manufacturers and businesses. I've never heard of that one before. But as soon as you start talking about things like Polycom or you start talking about the ATM example, you just hang on a minute. It's it's not just a threat to the users and the threat to the data and the security. It's a threat to the actual business. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a threat to that business model. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'm bought in. Yeah. I mean, but there's that, and then I mean, just literally squaring the circle on that IoT conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've also got the issue around, um, you know, how do you update the device securely? Yes. You know, signing the firmware Absolutely. from a central, you know, key management system, yep. so that essentially when it gets that device, that device, it's the way that. Um, so I love the way that the iPhone um, does its updates. It's essentially exactly the exact same way you've just said. The iPhone, ha every update for the iPhone is signed for that individual iPhone. Yes. So it, the update, so a, 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 a software update will not work on an identical iPhone next to it. It has to be signed for that and that one and only iPhone, and that's it. Because of the way that they, because they know if you get in line of that software update, that firmware update process, well, we saw it with the um, Myonet bot, the Moraynet. Um, the one that Marinette, we're dying and yes, yeah. That was literally someone getting in line of the firmware update process and yep. writing their own software onto those devices. So, so we all know Apple is a, a pretty secretive organization, but there is yeah. a fantastic blog post. Uh, Matt Green, a few thoughts of his blog. He's a, Matt Green's a cryptographer from Johns Hopkins. Uh, he has a blog called A Few Thoughts on Cryptographic Engineering. And he has a fantastic <laughs> article about good, how man. Apple uses HSM technology in their infrastructure and what they've done oh, wow. to protect themselves from themselves. Um, they, 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 use, they use some devices, and his blog does not make clear um, what brand it is, uh, but they, they use some HSMs in their, in their stack. 
they, they create code that runs inside the HSM, yeah. and then to ensure that um, it, they can never be pressed upon by perhaps a government agency to divulge the secrets of the key material, they then take the root of trust, which are a series of smart cards, and as, as uh, the, the Apple presentation uh, had a high-level description of we apply a physical hash function, the low-level description is we put the smart cards through a blender. They destroy, they, destroy, they destroy them, so that way they can never change the code. They can never divulge the keys. That is fantastic. And so his blog post staggering. goes into some, some detail as to, as to what they do. It's a fantastic, fantastic blog. For those, you know, anybody listening to this podcast must be a crypto geek at some level. Uh, it's, it's a great blog to follow. So, boiling it right back down to essentially yeah. what our partners can take advantage of. You know, yes. once again, we've had the discussion before, but for the, uh, for the for the listeners, you know, of the podcast, the partners, the service providers, you know, the end users that, that, that listen to listen to what we do, you know, first and foremost, what exactly does the Talisee Security product look like? What does it do? How's it? How's it essentially apply its its cryptographic capabilities? Um, well, personally, I thought an incredibly easy way. Um, and secondly, what are some of the auditability sort of features and functionality of, of, of the eSecure product? Yeah, so, so, uh, so again, we sort of have three product families. There is a sp- very specific device used in the banking sector. That's mm-hmm. the device I mentioned that has yeah, yeah. You know, huge market share. There is a, a general purpose device, and that some of the examples I talked about around Polycom, that uses this general purpose device. Then the Vormetric uh, product family adds another uh, device. Uh, it has, it's the uh, Vormetric Data Security Manager. Um, <clears throat> that is a 1U appliance, which actually contains one of our card HSMs. So oh. we've got sort of this family of, of, of systems. Uh, the, Vormetric, uh, the Vormetric product line is probably the most interesting around audit trail, because that's really one of its strongest features, is the ability to understand how an organization is attempting to use data within the organization. It, it, it has a, it has the ability to um, it, it dynamically uh, encrypts all of the data in an organization, and then at read time, so you have an application trying to read the data. Yeah. The, the data security manager decides at, in real time, is this person authorized to read that bit of data, and will I decrypt it? Yes or no. Yeah. So it's really it's really aimed at preventing the insider the elevated access insider mm-hmm. attack because you know the sysadmins they they can have root access but it's the DSM that's deciding you know d- 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 is 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 my is my network administrator allowed to access yeah. that yeah. file at this minute? He can still he can still access it. He has root, but if if the DSM says um, you know no, you're not you're not authorized. You're not it's not the right time of day. You are not at the right IP address. Um, all you get back is an encrypted block of data. So just about to make exactly the same point you said there, sir. You inset the parameters of, of when it can be out. So Absolutely. If, it's, if it's a time scale, if it's a location of exactly. IP address. Exactly. Ah. And then, yeah. you know, so, so that's one piece. But what I also like about the solution is the sort of um, app and the sort of uh, agent mentality you have where, you know, if you've got specific requirements, you can deploy specific um, 
almost endpoints to be able to yeah, we, we take have, it away. Yeah, yeah, we have agents yeah. for a no, you know a, a, a number of systems. Uh, that yeah. pr probably the, the the most commonly deployed uh, agent is file system encryption. So yeah. we're actually you know encrypting the encrypting at the file level. Yeah. Um, we we have a patent on a technology. One of the real barriers that enterprises have for deploying um, you know end to end and you know, full suite encryption across mm -hmm. the organization is you know we, we talk to CISOs and CIOs and they say look I've got terabytes or petabytes of data I can't have the, the, the four or five days of downtime it takes to encrypt encrypt all that data uh, it's right. just, I can't I can't afford it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know um, we have a we have a patent on some technology that allows us to to um, encrypt again petabytes of data and even at the file level the the operating system can be reading and writing the same file can be partway encrypted, so it's, it's it's live data transformation. There is no downtime, and we can go into organizations and encrypt their entire you know, their entire infrastructure and not have to take the systems down. Now well, that that's very powerful. He's really then, powerful. There's also um, I appreciate. I'm sounding, sounding like a tele salesperson here. Um, <laughs> poor one. <laughs> very very poor one. Let Brian speak. Um, but one of the other things we really like, well, I really thought was quite innovative, was the fact that you can. Essentially, you're a platform for encryption. So, you know, you can go and, you know, you sit underneath databases, you sit underneath all these different pieces of infrastructure and, 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 and stuff you've got in your infrastructure, and then essentially apply encryption without, so, you know, one of the conversations we had was around, if you're a DBA, you don't want to switch yes. on a specific DBA encryption product, you can just put Talos eSecure behind it and, and essentially encrypt the database, but the DBA, is, is literally working as he always would do, yeah. uh, well, or look, she would do. Look, one of the things I would say is, you know, you, you look at you look at the threats from within your business, and you look at the, uh, the po possible routes in for for data data theft or manipulation. Um, yeah, I, I, I come from a come from this background, so I don't say this lightly. And it's certainly not meant as an insult, but that DBA function is, yeah, you got to have the right people in place. You have to, you know, vet your staff. You have to have the correct people in. They've got to be part of your whole security posture. Mm. You can't, you can't leave these these guys out of the equation and, and out of the conversation. They, they have to be a part of, you know, the security solutions you apply because ultimately they hold the keys to yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah, is is one of the views that, yeah, that, that I know I'm not not on my own in sharing and. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, if we start to talk about encryption as a platform a, a, across the enterprise, then for me, my, my immediate thought is that is a way to start including and uh, making your security posture, your security strategy within the business, is making it more inclusive throughout the yeah. various departments that are responsible for standing up Absolutely. your enterprise. Well, one of the things we're, we're releasing here at the show is uh, our 2017 data threat report, the, the UK edition of, of that report. And you know, you know, to, to pivot off of your comments around the, the staff and, and yeah. how, how important that is, here are a couple of statistics out of this report that makes for pretty grim reading. Um, last year, now this is self-reported UK businesses. Okay. So keep in mind, this is you know, this is they're admitting to this, which yep. means the numbers are actually probably worse. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two, uh, uh, from the report data, two of two out of five UK businesses report being breached last year. Which means the actual number is probably higher. Yeah. Um, mm. Eighty eighty percent of CISOs who responded uh, felt vulnerable, and twenty percent felt very or extremely vulnerable. Wow. 
There is no glib or flippant comment. We've come back to that. No. Those are stat stats. Yeah. So, so that report's by the way, the link to that report is going to be in the show notes. So if anyone wants like to read it, absolutely get in some really interesting facts. I certainly will. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Look, Brian. Sadly, uh, we could Blow talk. We could actually talk all day. Um, as, as I remember, we did pretty much for half a day last time we met. Um, thank you ever so much for coming no, on. Again, really, you, really appreciate it. Absolutely, no, fascinating. More than welcome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again soon. Okay. Fantastic. We'll Thanks very much. Well. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, lucky. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Don't forget, this is part of a series. There will be one next week. Um, if you want to join the conversation, please, please do so at hashtag ArrowBandwidth on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the show notes where there's loads of really important resources and, uh, and generally sort of part of the conversation. you find that at the uh, Arrow Hub. You will indeed. You will indeed. And guys, look, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe. We cover loads of topics. We've got... Tons of back catalogue. It's we a great opportunity been. to learn and get educated. So please do listen. And uh, yeah, come back next week. Come back, subscribe, catch up. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Bye.